Hello, everybody. This is Marcus Terry, owner of Terry's Terrorist, and you are listening to the Flogcast Network. Hello, and welcome back to the Flogcast Network. This is Scott Benzing, the Flog Commissioner, filling in for Justin Ruff. Had some things come up last minute, so he wasn't able to jump on today. So I will be going over all of the week six matchups in the NFL. And let's get right into it. We will start with my favorite team because I love to talk about them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, four and two, taking down and just demolishing the Green Bay Packers, who are now at four and one. Um, this game was started off terrible for the Bucs. Uh, the Packers drove right down the field, scored a kicked a field goal. Bucks went three and out. Packers got the ball back right down the field again, scoring a touchdown, 10 to nothing right at the end of the first quarter. It's thinking, oh man, this is going to be a long day. And then that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense turned it on and just Aaron Rodgers looked lost after those first two drives. Um, Buccaneers ended up scoring 38 unanswered points to get the 38 to 10 victory. Um, it was, it was a, uh, it was a bad day for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the guy had been leading probably the best offense in the NFL through five weeks and came in today and just looked lost. Um, after the, that first quarter ended up with only 160 passing yards, 16 of 35, which if you watch Aaron Rodgers for the last 15 years. Um, the guy just, he completes passes and he just wasn't today under 50% completion, uh, through two interceptions, hadn't thrown an interception this year, uh, had two on the day. One was a pick six, which they put up a stat that it was only the third pick six of his NFL career, which is just astounding. Um, he got sacked four times, just a bad day for him. A QBR of 17.8, which is really bad. Um, Packers just couldn't get anything going. Um, uh, rushing the ball, Jamal Williams led the backfield. Four carries for 34 yards. Aaron Jones, 10 carries for 15 yards. That is not a good day at the office for one of the best running backs in the league. Did get a touchdown, though, so I know he's happy to see that. Um, Aaron Jones also only getting three catches for 26 yards. So the Bucks really held him in check. Uh, he had 13 total touches for 41 total yards. Um, after what we've seen from him the last two years, that's that's a really low number. Give credit to the Tampa Bay defense. Uh, Devontae Adams coming back off an of injury, six catches for 61 yards. But he and Aaron Rodgers just sort of, they kind of looked out of sorts this game. Um, there were a couple passes that were just pass didn't go where Devontae Adams thought it was going. They were seemed a little out of sync, and it just, yeah. Again, credit to the Bucks defense for holding the Packers offense in check, but it was a bad day for them. Uh, nobody else really to speak of in the Green Bay side of things. Um, Robert Tanyan, the big tight end who had had breakout game and had been doing really well in the season, only three catches for 25 yards. And yeah, not much else to speak of. If you only throw for 160 yards in the air and you have under 100 or under 100 total rushing yards as a team, not going to have a lot of big standout players. On the Bucks side, though, Tom Brady, not a uh, not a super efficient day, I guess. 17 completions on 27 attempts, only 166 yards. Did have two passing touchdowns, though. 
Uh, he looked good. Um, Gronk. Gronk leading all of the Bucks receivers. Five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Just a beautiful back shoulder throw in the end zone by Brady. Uh, looked like it was back in 2017 again. They connected. Gronk still doesn't look great. Kind of slow, lumbering, but um, seems to be getting more comfortable in that offense finally. Still run blocking great um, for Mr. Ronald Jones, the running back. 23 carries, 113 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Third straight week that Ronald Jones has had at least 100 yards rushing. Um, Leonard Fournette was a, a scratch once again. It was seemed like he could play in this game, and he was inactive, announced uh, an hour or two before the game. So Ronald Jones, the number one running back there again, and hey, he's he's looking good. Um, he's never going to be Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley or any of these other top guys, but he runs really hard, and he's still young. He's still only 23 years old. Um, it's his third year in the league. So I think Ronald Jones may be, may be convincing Bruce Arians in that Tampa Bay offense that, hey, give me the ball. I can run it. Um, looking at some of the NFL stats, he is currently the third leading rusher in the NFL behind Derrick Henry, who we'll get to later. And Dalvin Cook, who had went out with an injury last week, is going to be out for a bit. So Ronald Jones looking good with his touches. Um, maybe that Leonard Fournette signing isn't going to be as big of a deal as people thought it was early in the season. Um, other than that, Mike Evans, kind of a stinker day. One catch for 10 yards on two targets. Uh, Chris Godwin back in the lineup after missing some time with a hamstring issue. Five catches for 48 yards. And outside of that, nobody else had more than 10 yards receiving. Like I said, Tom Brady, only 166 passing yards, but they were running the ball well. They were holding the Green Bay offense in check, and they're putting up big points. So didn't need to throw the ball a lot, and they came away with an easy 28-point victory against the Green Bay Packers, which I love to see. Packers are currently, they dropped a second in the NFC North and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now in sole possession of first place in the NFC South. Speaking of the NFC North, we will move on to the Bears and Panthers game. The Chicago Bears taking down the Panthers 23 to 6. Chicago 5 and 1 and the number 1 team in the NFC North. Um, it's another game where they just they squeak out a victory. They get it done. Nick Foles, not a great day at the office. 23 of 39 passing, 198 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Wasn't sacked, though. And so if you don't get sacked, you don't get in those negative plays that really helps your offense. Bears just keep finding a way to win. Um, despite everybody saying they're frauds, despite um, their offense not looking great at times, they just keep squeaking out these victories. And hey, before you know it, you might look up and they're nine and two. And um, yeah, looks like they're playoff bound. And that defense is going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Saw that last week with Tampa Bay. And it just looks to um, continue to be the case. Uh, other notable Bears players, David Montgomery, 19 carries, 58 yards. He hasn't been super efficient running the ball, but continuing to get the workload there. Um, Cordell Patterson, only one carry for one yard. Um, so the Bears seem like they're going to keep feeding David Montgomery, whether or not he's getting 10 yards a carry or two yards a carry. 
In the passing game, Allen Robinson continuing to be a target hog. He had five receptions for 53 yards on nine targets. David Montgomery, four catches for 39 yards. And Darnell Mooney was in there as well, three catches for 36. Uh, Cole Komet, the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame, Bears drafted in the second round. He came through with his first NFL touchdown, two catches for 20 yards. I know Connor has been talking about how they need to get him involved. Maybe, maybe he's finally starting to get integrated into the offense a little bit. It's always a rough start for rookie tight ends. Um, they have so much more they need to do at the NFL levels. They need to block these big edge rushers. They need to learn all the route trees. Um, so it takes them a little time to get acclimated. Maybe Cole Komet will start to get worked into the offense a little bit more, become a receiving threat there. On the Carolina side, Teddy Bridgewater, 216 yards, no touchdowns, had two picks, was sacked four times. Uh, Bears just seemed to bother him all day. Mike Davis, the fill-in for Christian McCaffrey, who's been lightening it up, at least for fantasy purposes, the last few weeks. 18 carries for 52 yards, so less than three yards a carry there. Did get into the end zone on a rushing touchdown. DJ Moore uh, starting to re come back a little bit, resurge. Uh, five catches for 93 yards on 11 targets, so he was targeted heavily all day. Robbie Anderson continuing to do his thing. Um, it's amazing what happens to these players after they leave the Jets. Everybody seems to get a lot better. Robbie Anderson, four catches for 77 yards. Uh, as of this taping, um, before the Monday night football games where DeAndre Hopkins will be playing, Robbie Anderson is currently the leading receiver in the NFL, has the most yards in the NFL. Um, depending on what type of game DeAndre Hopkins has, uh, he might end up as second. But yeah, Robbie Anderson has been doing good things all year long. And then outside of that, not a lot going for the Carolina Panthers in the um offensive side. Teddy Bridgewater did have eight carries for 48 yards, but was under pressure quite a bit. And with that, we will move on to another game. We'll talk about the Tennessee Titans taking down the Houston Texans in overtime, 42 to 36. The Tennessee Titans, five and zero on the season. Houston dropping to one and five. Um, this is, I believe, the first game without Bill O'Brien as the head coach of the Texans. He was fired. And Deshaun Watson just absolutely balled out. Maybe he was just kind of kind of uh, playing it up. All these woes and everything get Bill O'Brien out of there. But, man, Deshaun Watson in a losing effort, 335 passing yards, four touchdowns, just looked great. I mean, this game was amazing. It was back and forth um, all game long. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill, 364 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, it was a bad interception. Um, but, hey, Ryan Tannehill looking great as well. Both these guys doing big things in this game, high-scoring game. Uh, for the rushing, David Johnson just kind of meh as usual, 19 carries, 57 yards. Did have a rushing touchdown, which if you're a David Johnson Fantasy owner like myself, love those six points. He's been, he hasn't been great. I would say he's mediocrely efficient. Um, seems to get around 10 fantasy points every week. Decent amount of yards. 
but never anything spectacular. So those touchdowns really help him. Uh, Deshaun Watson adding four for 26 on the ground. But the big story, Mr. Derrick Henry, the king, the tractor Cito himself, that weather's starting to get a little bit colder, a little bit more brisk in the air. Those crops are ready to harvest. And so Derrick Henry is ready to feast. 22 carries, 212 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Had a 94-yard rushing touchdown. I mean, the dude is awesome. He also added two catches for 52 yards. One of them was a 53-yard reception, so the other one went for negative yard. But, man, it's, yeah, it as the season goes on, these defenses just do not like tackling Mr. Derrick Henry. Takes a while for him to get that big motor revved up and running hard and, yep, we're almost to November, so you know that Derrick Henry, you're going to see a couple more of these games where he's around 200 yards, uh, had 9.6 yards per carry, and yeah, he is the leading rusher in the NFL. Uh, the dude's just a horse, a monster, whatever you want to call him. He's going to keep rumbling and rolling, and the Titans, they just keep rolling as well, 5-0. and oh, um, A lot of these games that, again, like the Bears, where, hey, they... Um, they're close games. They come from behind. They win them. And that's all you need to do in the NFL is win your games. It doesn't matter if it looks pretty or if it's ugly. Uh, we all know what happened with the Ravens last year. They were blowing everybody out, looking amazing. And then they ran into a Tennessee Titans team that was 9-7, and seven, snuck in in the wild card, and just manhandled them. So keep doing your things, Titans. Keep getting these close victories, and good things will continue to happen. For the receiving side, uh, Jonu Smith went down with an injury. Doesn't seem to be anything serious. They called it mild. Um, so another tight end, Anthony Ferkser stepped up. Eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Adam Humphreys getting involved. Six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown looking great. They had a touchdown right at the end of regulation to send it to overtime. Uh, A.J. Brown, five catches for 56 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Glad that he's back and healthy and doing big things for the Tennessee offense. On the Houston receiving side, Will Fuller, another big day for him. Seems to be really filling in well to that number one wide receiver role. Uh, the guy can play when he's not injured, and he stayed relatively healthy. I think he left one game early with um, some sort of soft tissue issue, but he is back and healthy. Six catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Darren Fells. Uh, one of the tight ends there in Houston, six catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. And Brandon Cooks, starting to get more acclimated in that offense now after coming over from the Rams. Nine catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. Big day for him. So Tennessee Titans currently atop the AFC South rankings, one of the last unbeatens in the NFL. And the Houston Texans, man, they... They haven't been playing well, but they've also just had a some bad luck with the schedule. And maybe they'll start to win a few games now that Bill O'Brien's out, and I think their schedule's going to get a bit easier moving forward. Now we will move on to the next game, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals getting taken down by the Indianapolis Colts. Colts winning 31-27. to Colts move to 4-2. and The Cincinnati Bengals drop to 1-4-1. and uh, for anybody who paid attention to this game, Cincinnati was up 21 points um, at one point in this game. And then the Colts came roaring back. 
Uh, I feel bad for Joe Burrow. I mean, I love the kid coming out of LSU. He's shown flashes of being a really good quarterback, put up 313 passing yards in this game. No touchdowns, though, one interception. Colts defense, uh, other than that first half, um, they locked it down. They've been really good all year. Um, And, yeah, kept them in this game. Colts ended up battling back and getting the four-point victory. Uh, Cincinnati couldn't get anything going in the second half. But Joe Burrow, I mean, hopefully Bengals will do the right thing and start building around him um, because I think he's going to be really good in this league. But just getting outclassed today by old man Rivers, Phillip Rivers, 371 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, Phillip Rivers, I've been saying he looks washed, but he did not look washed today. I guess a lot of quarterbacks get right against the Bengals secondary and their defense. Um, 371 yards is a big, big passing day for Phillip Rivers. Um on the rushing side, Joe Mixon, 18 carries for 54 yards. Nothing nothing fantastic to write about home there. Did have a rushing touchdown. Tyler Boyd got a, a carry for 25 yards. Giovanni Bernard, who I'm surprised is still in the NFL, um, eight carries for 15 yards, did have a rushing touchdown. And then Joe Burrow snuck one in himself, got himself a rushing touchdown. On the receiving side, T. Higgins, the rookie out of Clemson, uh, it seems like He's starting to become Joe Burrow's favorite target. Six catches for 125 yards, eight targets on the day. A.J. Green, welcome back. Uh, Eight catches for 96 yards on 11 targets. Uh, He probably his best game of the year. I'm not even going to look at his stats, but just based on how bad he's looked through the first five weeks of the season, comes out, has a good day, and maybe he's going to start showing flashes of what he used to be. Um, If he does, this Bengals passing game is going to look a lot better. Had a big day today. Tyler Boyd, five catches for 54 yards. Nothing great there. Joe Mixon, two catches for 15. Um, On the Colts side, though, they've been dealing with some injuries themselves. Uh, uh, I can't even remember the wide receiver, Paris Campbell. He's out. Their second-round draft pick, Michael Pittman's out. And so they have this guy, Marcus Johnson, stepping in. Five catches for 108 yards. Um, Not even sure who this guy is, honestly. Uh, He's a. It looks like he's a big wide receiver. I mean, he looked good today, but I haven't heard his name before. Don't think he's that heavily involved. I don't follow the Colts that closely. So I'm sure Justin Ruff will text me and tell me about how amazing he is and all this other stuff. But haven't heard of him before today. He did have a big game, though, with over 100 receiving yards. Um, Jonathan Taylor on the ground, 12 carries for 60 yards. Five yards a carry, but uh, I think people expected a lot more. Um, the Colts only ran the ball 15 times in this game, so they were throwing, part of that being because they were down. Phillip Rivers was having a lot of success throwing the ball, so um, you would think if they got a lead early that Jonathan Taylor would get some more work. Looked good, efficient in his running, but yeah, not a lot of touches there. Trey Burton, tight end, four receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown. They lined up in some weird wildcat formation on the goal line. Trey Burton took a direct snap and ran it in. So two touchdowns for Trey Burton. Jonathan Taylor, big day receiving, though. Um, four catches for 55 yards, so not terrible, not great 
day running the ball, but hey, he's getting his touches. He's getting yards, 115 total yards on 16 touches. You love to see that if you are a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner. Um, Zach Pascal, wide receiver for the Colts, five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. And then Jack Doyle, one of their other tight ends, three catches for 29 yards. I think the big news here, though, is that T.Y. Hilton starting to look washed. One catch for 11 yards. He did have five targets, but man, um, he's just not doing it for fantasy owners. Doesn't seem to be doing it for the Colts offense either. And so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Colts sitting at four and two, as I mentioned, they are currently second in the AFC South behind the undefeated Tennessee Titans. Uh, Bengals, I haven't looked, but I'm guessing that they are last in the AFC North. And with that, we will move on to another game, and that is the Atlanta Falcons getting their first win of the season, firing Dan Quinn this past week and having uh, Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, step in as the interim coach. Uh, Atlanta Falcons getting the win over the Minnesota Vikings. Falcons 40, Minnesota 23. Falcons are at 1-5 and five on the season, and Minnesota is also 1-5 and five on the season, and not looking good. Um, Matt Ryan, big day for him. Big bounce-back day after a couple bad weeks in a row, Matt Ryan. 30 of 40 passing, 371 yards, and four passing touchdowns. And getting Julio Jones back this week really helped their offense. They looked completely different throwing the ball. Julio, eight catches for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Big return for Julio after missing the last few weeks with um, some injuries. And yeah, still proving that, hey, I'm here. I'm one of the best wide receivers in the league. Throw me the ball and good things will happen. Um, rushing the ball, Todd Gurley, not doing a lot. 20 carries for 47 yards. Brian Hill, their other running back, 10 carries for 28 yards. So not a lot running the ball, but if you're throwing for almost 400 yards and just absolutely torching that Minnesota secondary, you don't need to have a great running game. Some other wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Russell Gage, the third wide receiver there in Atlanta, four catches for 65 yards. Hayden Hurst, tight end, four catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. So Matt Ryan spreading the love around, getting a lot of guys involved. On the Minnesota side, not having Dalvin Cook really hurt. Alexander Madison filling in. Everybody thought he was a slam dunk start this week. Ten carries for 26 yards, one catch for four yards. So blah, not a good day for Alexander Madison. Um it was even worse day for Kirk Cousins. He did end up with three touchdowns on the day, but the Falcons were up big in this game. Um, it was 20 to nothing at halftime Atlanta. After three quarters, it was 30 to seven. Minnesota ended up scoring 16 points in the fourth quarter. Atlanta scoring another 10. That's how we got the final score, 40 to 23. So a lot of garbage time for Kirk Cousins. 343 passing yards, so a lot of yards, three touchdowns and three interceptions. So all three of those touchdowns coming in the second half, those interceptions were just bad. I, I saw some highlights, and they were not good. Um, Adam Thielen, three catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. So continues to just catch touchdowns. That's what this dude's been doing all year. Another guy in their receiving group that's been absolutely lighting it up is rookie wide receiver Justin Jefferson. 
nine catches, 166 yards, and two touchdowns. The dude's been awesome. Uh, he was a guy that I had uh, – I went ahead and I drafted him in our fantasy football draft in one of the last rounds. Um, Keegan Scott, big the resident Minnesota Vikings fan, said that he hasn't looked good. He's not getting involved in the offense. He's on the second string. Um, after a week or two, that was true. I, I just didn't trust him. I dropped him, picked up somebody else, uh, left him in the, the waiver wire trash pile. And he's since broken out and had several huge monster games. The guy's a stud. Seems like he's finally getting the the hang of the NFL. And so, yeah, continue to see big days from him in the future, I'm assuming. Um, outside of Thielen and Jefferson, you had Irv Smith Jr., one of their tight ends, four catches for 55 yards. And Kyle Rudolph, three catches for 47 yards, but... Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are looking bad, and I don't know if it's going to look much better when they start getting into, into the divisional games against the Bears, and I think they have another game against the Packers. I believe they've already played once and just got absolutely boat raced. But enough about how bad the Vikings suck. We will move on to the Broncos and Patriots game. Um, a game that was just weird from start to finish. Uh, the Broncos traveling to New England and getting the victory. Broncos winning 18 to 12. Um, Broncos moving to two and three on the season, and the Patriots dropping to two and three. Uh, I believe this is. I heard the stat something like this is the first time since the early 2000s or mid 2000s that the Patriots have been had a losing record at this point in the season. Um, which is just incredible. I mean, it goes to show how good their organization has been for how long, uh, but this game was ugly. The Broncos, all 18 points coming on field goals, kicking six field goals, getting all of them. So another game, I didn't really get a chance to watch this or see highlights because there weren't a lot of highlights, honestly. Um, the Patriots ended up scoring nine points in the fourth quarter, so they were held to three points through three quarters. Uh, Cam Newton did come back after being on the COVID IR list for the last couple weeks and didn't look great. 17 to 25 passing, only 157 yards and two interceptions. Um, Denver's defense is decent. They're dealing with some injuries. Obviously, they lost Von Miller for the year, uh, but they don't have a bad defense. And I think the Patriots found that out pretty quickly. Uh, rushing the ball, not, nobody getting the ball going on the ground for the Patriots outside of Cam Newton. Cam Newton did have 10 carries for 76 yards and a rushing touchdown. So if you had him in fantasy, you were happy to see that, see him uh, redeem himself a little bit in that category after the two interceptions. Uh, but Sony Michelle ruled out for this game. Damian Harris, six carries for 19 yards. Rex Burkhead five carries for 14 yards, and James White, four for eight. So outside of Cam Newton, they only had about 41 rushing yards uh, combined out of their running backs. So kind of an ugly day all around for the New England Patriots. Catching the ball, James White leading the backfield, leading all the receivers, eight catches for 65 yards. Uh, again, I'm guessing these were a bunch of dump-offs and just, yeah, trying to play catch-up, James White, getting all of those. Um, outside of that, Demir Bird, three catches for 38 yards. Ryan Izzo, three catches for 38 yards. 
Uh, Julian Edelman, only two for eight receiving. He actually did complete two passes, though. Two for two passing for 38 yards on a couple of trick plays. Um, honestly, probably could have left him in there over camp because he looked better throwing the ball this game. On the Denver side, Drew Locke, only 10 of 24 passing, 189 yards and two interceptions. And yeah, you see that line against the Patriots, you're thinking that this is a 30 to six win or something. But nope, the uh, didn't need it today, I guess. Philip Lindsay, the running back for the Broncos, 23 carries, 101 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon ruled out for this game dealing with an, an illness. Uh, also, I think it's come down that he's going to be dealing with a couple game suspension potentially for that DUI arrest he had last week. So Philip Lindsay probably going to be slotted in there as the number one running back for the next couple weeks. Uh, Royce Freeman, eight carries for 26 yards, another running back there in Denver. On the receiving side, I mean, they've lost Cortland Sutton for the year. Noah Font was ruled out for this game. So Tim Patrick stepping up, four catches for 101 yards. Jerry Judy, only two for 32. Um, this is just an ugly game all around. Not a lot of scoring. Uh, if you had anybody in fantasy, you probably weren't very happy with the outcome of this game. But, yeah, so Patriots might be in some trouble. Um, I know they get to play the Jets a couple times. The Dolphins have looked better, but Patriots seem to have their number. Um, and then they have to play the Bills a few times. So could be a rough year for the Patriots if they don't get that offense figured out. Moving on to another game that nobody really cares about, and that is the Washington football team losing 19-20 to to the New York Giants. New York Giants getting their first win of the season, but not looking great doing it. Uh, their offense just didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I will admit this is a game I did not really watch, and I'm pretty glad I didn't. Daniel Jones, 12 of 19 passing, 112 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty gross. Did add 74 yards on seven carries, so uh, I guess that's better, but didn't get a whole lot going. Devontae Freeman, 18 carries for 61 yards. Not very efficient there for Mr. Freeman. Uh, did add a, one reception for negative four yards, so ugh. Not a good day for Devontae Freeman or the New York Giants as a whole. Um, I guess the bright spot would be Darius Slayton. Two catches for 41 yards and that one passing touchdown from Daniel Jones. Darius Slayton uh, was the recipient of that. So if you started him in fantasy, uh, that touchdown definitely saved your day. But outside of him, Evan Ingram, two catches for 30 yards and everybody else 15 or fewer receiving yards. So... Bad day for the Giants, but they were better on the scoreboard in the end than the Washington football team. Kyle Allen getting the start in Washington, 280 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, I honestly don't know what Ron Rivera and the Washington football team sees in Kyle Allen and why he's a upgrade compared to um, compared to Dwayne Haskins. I mean. I don't know. I didn't think he was that good in Carolina last year, but I guess Ron Rivera just has a thing for him. And so he's going to continue to get the start, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we'll see moving forward. Washington is just 
not a very good team this year. Uh, rushing the ball, Antonio Gibson, nine for 30. Uh, the leading rusher was J.D. McKissick, eight carries for 41 yards. So not doing much on the ground um, for anybody in that Washington backfield. Terry McLaurin continuing to do his thing in a crappy offense. Seven catches for 74 yards. Um, Dontrell Inman, sort of the number two wide receiver there in Washington, five catches for 45 yards. J.D. McKissick had 41 rushing, also added 43 receiving on six receptions. Um, Antonio Gibson, four catches for 25 yards. So, man, this was just a stinker of a game, one that I'm glad I didn't have to watch. Uh, Giants getting their first win of the season, though. Um, and, hey, one in five in the NFC East. I mean, they're they're right in the middle of the playoff hunt in that division. So, um, yeah, it's it's gross. Three teams in that division with one win. Washington and New York Giants sitting at one and five. The Philadelphia Eagles sitting at one, four, and one. And then the <laughs> the division leaders, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, sitting at two and three uh, without their franchise quarterback. So who knows? That division is completely up for grabs. Uh, a six and ten, 10 team might win that division. So just keep your eye on it. A lot of bad football being played in the NFC East. Speaking of bad teams in the NFC East, the Baltimore Ravens squeaking out a victory 30 to 28 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Philadelphia coming back late to make this a game, but just not enough in the tank. Carson Wentz, 21 of 40 passing, 213 yards and two touchdowns, uh, was sacked six times for 43 yards. That's going to happen when your entire offensive line dies and you're playing a bunch of scrubs. Um, who knows? I didn't watch a lot of this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took some of those cardboard cutouts that they're putting in stadiums and put them on that offensive line to fill in. Um, Miles Sanders, big day rushing for him. Uh, nine carries for 118 yards, had a long of a 74-yard rush, uh, got the ball punched out, and his teammate, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, fell on it in the end zone for the touchdown. So could have had a touchdown. Um, but the big news is that he was injured, injured his knee, going for an MRI today. The Eagles are concerned that this could be a serious injury. And that is not good for the Eagles. That's not good for Miles Sanders' fantasy owners. And it's not good for Miles Sanders himself. Uh, the guy's awesome. Wouldn't put him up there with Christian McCaffrey levels like uh, Quentin Blount wants to. But the dude's a baller. And it's sad to see anybody get injured, especially in this year where so many big players have gotten serious injuries. So hopefully things work out for Miles Sanders. It's not anything long term. Um, Carson Wentz continuing to run the ball, five carries for 49 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, Jalen Hurts getting a little bit more involved in the offense now. I don't think he's thrown a pass yet, but he did run the ball twice for 23 yards and he caught a pass for three yards. So um, I think Doug Peterson will start to get him a little bit more involved. If you watch this game, the Eagles, the reason they lost by two, they went for a two-point conversion right at the end of the game. And they could have used Jalen Hurts in there because – Carson Wentz, it looked like it was a read option, and him and the running back ran into each other and fell down in the backfield, and that was the ball game. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts might start to see a little bit more playing time, especially if the Eagles continue to lose games. Um, Receiving-wise, 
Zach Ertz, four for 33. He also was injured. Uh, I think the timeline for his return is three to four weeks. So going to miss some time there. Already missing Dallas Goddard. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey haven't played in a while. Um, so they got Travis Fulgham catching the ball. Six catches for 75 yards and one touchdown after his big game last week. And yeah, if you're the only receiver in that offense, ball's got to go somewhere. Um, John Hightower, another wide receiver, one catch for 50 yards. So making, doing, I guess, good things with your one catch. Um, but yeah, outside of that, nothing really going for the Eagles on offense. On the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson, 16 of 27, 186 passing yards and one touchdown. Um, not throwing the ball a whole lot. Hasn't been super accurate, but hey, Baltimore Ravens are 5-1, and one, so I guess they don't need to. They've been up in a lot of games running the ball. Lamar Jackson, best rushing game of the season, nine carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Um, finally starting to see some of that explosiveness we saw last year. Uh, the last few weeks, Lamar hasn't been running the ball very effectively. I guess defenses have been keeping him contained. And so this week said, give it to me and took off. Um, Mark Ingram left this game with an injury, five carries for 20 yards. He's looked bad, looked slow, um, not getting all the touchdowns like he did last year. Uh, Gus Edwards, 14 carries for 26 yards, did get a touchdown. And J.K. Dobbins, nine carries for 28 yards. So outside of Lamar Jackson, their backfield's just not looking that great. Um, so I think that's part of the reason, uh, yeah, Lamar had to come through with a Superman effort here because the rest of his offenses seems to be letting him down. Uh, receiving wise, Marquise Brown leading all Ravens receivers, four catches for 57 yards. Nick Boyle, not Mark Andrews, catching a touchdown from Lamar Jackson, the other tight end, three catches for 33 yards. Um, Mark Andrews, though, two catches for 21 yards. Uh, very, very boomer bust this year. The, the offense, I mean, it's had it's still good, still a good offense, just not at the level that we saw last year in Lamar's MVP season. Um, maybe they, yeah, they need to figure something out because they haven't been as efficient, still scoring points, still winning, but they're not blowing teams out and just running all over everybody like they did last year. So maybe a cause for concern there going down the road. We all know what happened when they played the Chiefs, but right now, five and one can't be. Can't be mad about that. Our next game that we will go on to is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the number one team in the AFC North, winning 38-7 against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, everybody's talking them up coming into this game. Um, they'd been looking good and came back down to earth hard. Baker Mayfield was dealing with a bit of an injury, uh, some sore ribs after last week. Said his, He was quoted as saying, Mama didn't raise no wuss. Um, maybe he should have sat this one out because he did not do his team any favors. 10 of 18 passing, 119 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, a QBR of 5.4. That is on a scale of 100, and he got a 5.4. So not a good day for Baker Mayfield. Um Case Keenum did end up coming into this game. Seemed like, yeah, Baker Mayfield getting beat up, thrown around some more. Uh, why even risk putting him in that situation in a, in a game that you're getting blown out in? 
So Case Keenum came in, five of 10 passing for 46 yards. Um, the Browns are missing Nick Chubb quite a lot. Kareem Hunt, 13 carries for 40 yards. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, four carries for 29 yards. So not a lot doing there for the Cleveland rushing attack. Um, receiving wise, Austin Hooper led all receivers, five catches for 52 yards. Jarvis Landry, three for 40, and Odell Beckham Jr., two for 25. So not a good day for the Cleveland offense as a whole. Um, on the Pittsburgh side, Big Ben, 14 of 22 passing, 162 yards and one touchdown. Hey, when your team's up big, you don't need to throw the ball 40 times, and the Steelers come away with an easy victory. James Conner looking good, 20 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, after his monster game last week, another rushing touchdown this week. That's a second rushing touchdown on the year. He had two carries for seven yards. Benny Snell Jr. also getting into the end zone on the ground. Uh, Chase Claypool also led all receivers. Uh, four catches for 74 yards. The guy's a stud. I loved watching him at Notre Dame. He's monstrous. He's 6'4", 6'3", 240 pounds. Runs a 4'3", 40. And so, yeah, he's going to be a problem for the NFL for a while because he's just a matchup nightmare. Um, James Washington, four catches for 68 yards, receiving touchdown. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, two catches for only six yards. Um, after a couple, a big week one where he had two receiving touchdowns, um, has just not looked great this year. The, the, Steelers were missing Deontay Johnson, who was out this week. And so you got to wonder, does Juju, does he become the third option in this receiving game with the emergence of Chase Claypool? I mean, I love Juju. I think he's super talented, but just not getting it done. I don't know. But the Steelers, not sure if they care. Their offense, they have a lot of options. They are currently 5-0 and alongside the Tennessee Titans. Um, I believe they're the last two undefeated teams in the league. So, hey, if you're winning games, who cares? Only a couple more games to get to here. Uh, moving on to the Lions, taking down the Jacksonville Jaguars, 34 to 16. Jags dropped to one and five. Lions are now at two and three. Um, a game that, again, I didn't watch a lot of uh, because didn't really matter. Uh, Matt Stafford, 223 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. I think the big news of the day was DeAndre Swift doing a lot of good things. 14 carries for 116 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Adrian Peterson also got into the end zone on the ground, 15 carries for 40 yards. So DeAndre Swift, yeah, one less carry and almost 80 more rushing yards. I think he might start to take over that backfield. Uh, away from Adrian Peterson now uh, because he's just, he's looked good. He looks dynamic. Um, Kenny Galladay, four catches for 105 yards, big day receiving for him. Um, other than that, just spread the ball out a lot. Just looking here, it looks like 10 different wide receivers caught at least one pass for the Detroit Lions. So Kenny Galladay, the only one getting, um, getting any sort of yardage there. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, two catches for 17 yards and a receiving touchdown. So kind of what he does gets down in the red zone, big target for Matt Stafford seems to come down with a touchdown every other week or so 
On the Jacksonville side, Gardner Minshew, 243 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Not a good day for him. James Robinson really coming back down to earth, 12 carries for 29 yards. Uh, Gardner Minshew did have a rushing touchdown in there, three carries for 14 yards. Um, Receiving-wise, DJ Chark, so-so day, seven catches for 45 yards. Uh, Keelan Cole Sr., six catches for 143 yards, though. He was the big, big receiver this week. Uh, He had nine targets. DJ Chark had 14 targets, though. Um, So he's still the number one, but uh, just good credit to the Lions for kind of locking him down, keeping him in check. James Robinson adding four catches for 24 yards. So Detroit kind of a could be a sneaky team, I guess. Uh, They beat the they beat the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars today. Um, If a few things Go if DeAndre Swift catches that touchdown pass against the Bears. I mean, they could be looking at three and two right now. So Lions could be a sneaky team. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're gonna go out and uh, beat the best teams in the league, but they could be a problem for some teams moving forward. So keep an eye on the Lions. Uh, moving on to a game that we'll just cover super quickly because it is bad, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Taking down the New York Jets. Jets moved to 0-6. Dolphins now at 3-3. The Jets, my God. Uh, We all know they released Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback right now with Darnold out. 21 of 44. 186 yards. One interception. um, Three sacks. Lost 38 yards. He had a sack where he basically just ran straight backwards and got tackled for a loss of 28 yards. Um, I think I saw something that it was one yard away from being from tying the longest sack in NFL history. So uh, it was ridiculous. The Jets are awful. My God. Frank Gore, 11 carries for 46 yards. Ty Johnson, uh, a running back that came over from the Lions, three carries for 42 yards, had one big run in there. Um, LaMichael P. Ryan, seven carries for 27 yards. So, yeah. Um, their offense is just terrible. Jamison Crowder, seven catches for 48 yards. Brashad Perriman, four catches for 62 yards. So, blah, my goodness, the Jets are terrible. Um, the Dolphins, though, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 191 passing yards, three touchdowns, did have two picks. Uh, Tua Tagliavoa got into this game, two for two, nine yards, got in late. Dolphins just dominating from start to finish. Um, getting the shutout on the Jets. So Tua got his first snaps running the ball. Miles Gaskin continues to look good for the Dolphins. 18 carries for 91 yards. Um, Receiving-wise, Adam Shaheen, three catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Mike Gesicki was held uh, receptionless in this game. Uh, Had two targets, no catches, though. Uh, Devontae Parker, three for 35. Believe he got injured late. Um, Nothing serious, but came out of the game. Preston Williams, two catches for 18 yards. And so, yeah, uh, kind of a stinker of the game, a stinker of a game, kind of boring. Glad I didn't spend a lot of time um, watching any of that. And on to the Sunday night football game, the last game from yesterday. That was the San Francisco 49ers 
getting the victory over the Los Angeles Rams, 24 to 16, 49ers making it back to 500 now at three and three, Los Angeles Rams at four and two. Um, San Francisco, Jimmy G's back. They finally got George Kittle back and healthy. Uh, they did have Raheem Mostert, but he left with an ankle injury in the third quarter, uh, early in the third quarter, but he looked good when he was in there. Raheem Mostert, 17 carries for 65 yards, uh, running hard, stiff arming dudes, uh, just looking good running the ball. Uh, Jimmy G, 268 passing yards and three touchdowns. Thought he looked a lot better. Um, a lot of passes, though, behind the line of scrimmage, little uh, screen passes, little um, touch passes. But hey, anything that gets it done um, in the San Francisco getting the win, I'm sure that he's not upset about that. George Kittle had a big day, seven catches, 109 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, six catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk also got into the end zone, two catches for 12 yards and one touchdown. So yeah, I think uh, San Francisco starts to get healthy, especially that defense. They're going to be a, a team to a team to look out for. Uh, but until then, it's going to be it's going to be up and down for them. Uh, hopefully, Raheem Mostert's injury isn't serious. Haven't heard anything about it, but don't expect it to be any uh, anything severe. On the Los Angeles Rams side, Jared Goff, 19 of 38 passing, 198 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Running the ball, Daryl Henderson continues to look good. 14 carries for 88 yards. Um, and then receiving, Tyler Higbee led the receivers, three catches for 56 yards. Josh Reynolds also got into the end zone, two for 45 and a touchdown. Robert Woods, four catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, man, uh, he had nine targets, but only hauled in three for 11 yards. And yeah, so Los Angeles not getting a whole lot done um, in the offensive on the offensive side of the ball and losing to the 49ers. And that is all of the games for this week. Uh, quickly, I will go over the flog matchups as they currently stand. We still have two games going tonight. That is the Chiefs and Bills at 5 p.m. Uh, getting pushed back uh, because of COVID. They were supposed to play on Thursday, but since the Bills had to play on Tuesday night, they pushed it back to this Monday. Um, and then the Dallas Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals. So as it currently stands, uh, hail to the Chiefs, myself, 4-1, and one, is currently leading the Coon squad at 3-2. and two. I have a score of 124.8 to 77.5, so I'm up about 40, 47 and some change points right now. I still have all my Chiefs to go, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, as well as the kicker for Dallas, Greg Zerline. Uh, the Coon Squad, Kyler Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and Chase Edmonds to go tonight. Um, currently projected to beat him by about 45 points. Um, but hey, the Chiefs have a bad game, and the Dallas versus Arizona game is a just a huge scoring game, 40 to 50. Um, could swing the tides there, but currently looks like I will come out with the victory this week, Grant, unless there is a just a Chiefs meltdown. Uh, so hopefully I move to five and one and Connor drops to three and three. Uh, the next matchup, the Savage Patch Kids taking on the Magic Skull Bus. Savage Patch Kids, just not a good week for him. He, all of his players have gone and he only has 93.8 points, under 100 points scoring. Uh, Big Ben, Matt Stafford, his quarterback's not getting it done. 
and just a lot of low scoring guys in his offense. Um, started a bunch of Dolphins players because, hey, the, the Saints are on a bye, so that's Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas out. Seahawks on a bye, can't play Russell Wilson. Melvin Gordon's suspended or sick, no offense out. So just a bad day for the Savage Patch kids. Magic School Bus going to come away with the victory here. Currently up 30 points. Still has one player to go. That's the kicker for the Chiefs. And yeah, not going to lose him uh, 40 points or whatever to lose this matchup. So Keegan will move to 3-3. Three and three. Savage Patch kids will drop to 3-3. Three and three. Fresh Prince of Hell Air. Uh, one and four, blowing out the Terry's Terrorists. Fresh Prince of Hilaire, 212.8 fantasy points. Still has Clyde Edwards Hilaire tonight. Uh, Terry's Terrorists only projected 113.7. Um, and he's not going to get it done with Andy Dalton and John Brown going tonight and the Chiefs defense. So Jake on a two-game win streak will move to two and four. Terry's Terrorists will drop to two and four. And then the last matchup is the Blount Force going up against LeBron Kings. Blount Force currently at 142.4, projected 166. The LeBron Kings projected 157. So somewhat close, but uh, still expect Blount to get the victory here. Blount Force still has Stephon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb playing tonight. Uh, LeBron Kings has Josh Allen, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devin Singletary all going. Uh, LeBron Kings currently down by 50. Um, if Josh Allen and... Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins all have blow-up games and Devin Singletary in there. Uh, could flip the script, um, but right now, Blount Force currently a 62% percentage chance to win. Don't see that changing, so going to chalk that up as a win for the Blount Force. Move to 4-2, and two, and the LeBron Kings drop to 2-4. and four. So that is it. That is all I have for the weekly recap. Um, Justin Ruff will be back tomorrow to go over the flog matchups, um, the final scores, all of that. So thank you everybody for listening, for tuning in. Be sure to check back in later this week. I will be back on on Wednesday with the Commissioner's Corner, have TC Thursday. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been the Flogcast Network. Take care.